Hi, everyone. It's Jen Wall, And on this week's episode of The Leadership Habit, we are talking all about employee engagement, the seven keys of employee engagement. And to have that conversation, we invited Paul Terwall to the podcast. Let me tell you a little bit more about him. Paul Terwall is an international employability researcher. He has been working as a speaker, consultant, and trainer for managers, HR directors, and employees for more than 25 years. He was the president of the Global Speakers Federation from 2019 to 2020. And as a speaker and consultant, Paul helps organizations to improve their results by implementing sustainable employability strategies based on enthusiasm, shared core values, and a clear mission and vision. Enthusiastic employees are more innovative, creative, and productive and make a major contribution to your results. This is why you need to care about engagement. Don't get me wrong, it's hard. There's challenges today like quiet quitting. There's been turnover or layoffs. But let's tune into the conversation where Paul gives us some insights on where we can start to solve the employee engagement challenges that you might have. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be talking about engagement, a crucial topic today, knowing that the state of the world is filled with quiet quitting, there's layoffs, there's a lot of disruption happening across cultures. But Paul, I am so happy that you are here on The Leadership Habit today to talk about the seven keys of engagement. Welcome to The Leadership Habit podcast. Jen, happy to be with you. Well, Paul, you have a tremendous background in bio. You, I feel like you know people from all over the world. You've traveled all over the world. You've been part of associations all over the world. And you talk about engagement, which I think you have a really unique perspective given that background. But would you go ahead and tell our audience a little bit more about you? Yeah, I, I, I love to do so. Um, I started, and that's more than 40 years ago, that's the experience as well, as a lawyer in labor law and social security. And in Europe, we have an immense social security. All people are protected against anything. Um, so I started working as a lawyer in, in, uh, for the government. But at some point, I thought, and that was after a year or 10, I was always working at the back end. If something is going wrong, then my job started. And I looked at the end and I thought, this is terrible. Why aren't we taking care of people, human beings at the front? Do uh, more on prevention, take care of human beings instead of waiting till they drop out and then say, oh, we feel sorry for you, but we have healthcare and income and that kind of stuff. So in 1995, I quit my job, started my own consulting company. And since then, I'm busy in this world. And as you said, I I started in the speaking business and association business in 2006. And I've been the president of the Global Speakers Federation, the Worldwide Federation in 2019, 2020. And I was traveling over the world, and I was in um, Adelaide, Australia, when Europe was in uh, in a, a close down. So I was a little bit, no, I like being in Australia, so I didn't care traveling back home. 
but I knew I had to go home at some point. But yeah, it, it was it was special time to be a world president, traveling to 10, 12 different countries, meeting all those people. And that's why I started to call myself the global explorer, uh, engagement explorer. I'm not an expert on engagement because it's different all over the world, but you can explore what's happening in all those places and like Gallup, find out how engagement is connected worldwide. And that's what I love to talk about. And I am glad that you're here because we need to have this conversation. So let's dive in. Today, we're talking about the seven keys of engagement. But let's jump right into talking about the problem today with engagement, because it's not just one area, it's everywhere that is struggling with engagement. Tell me from your perspective as the global engagement explorer, I love that. What is the problem with engagement today? Well, you first you need to know what is engagement and you can make very uh, beautiful definitions. But for me, it's quite simple. You go in an average with a lot of energy to work and you go home with even more energy because you have a private life as well and you need the energy to fulfill your roles there as well. So if it takes your your work takes all your energy away from you and you come home and you're tired and you're angry and you're mad and then you're not engaged. You're in the wrong position. So you start with energy So you have a good sleep, you have a good morning breakfast, and then you go to work. And when you get home, you have that feeling, I did something. And that's one of the four letters I always use. It's about autonomy. You need to have the feeling that what you do is important to somebody. So you need to have influence on what you're doing. You need to belong to a group, the B of belonging. You need to be part of a team. You need to have the right competences. So you need to train yourself your whole career. I'm still spending 10, 15 hours studying what's published on engagement every week. So it's an extra role for me. And number four, and the most important is purpose. You need to find purpose in your life. And so you need to find purpose in what you're doing at work. If you don't like what you're doing and you can't find any purpose, that's scary. Right. Yeah, that's, that is a, gosh. And I, I can relate to that because I, you know, there was a point in my career, this is 10 years ago, but where it, where I didn't have that purpose anymore for a variety of reasons. I'm going to call it, I was quiet quitting before the quiet quitting was, was actually going. And it was a really hard place mentally to be there without a purpose and to also not feel like I belonged, to feel like I was the, I don't know, (laughs) I was not the right person. I was a misfit. I felt like a corporate misfit. And I definitely didn't feel like my work was important. And I felt the competency, but I felt like a failure as a result of not having that. It's interesting going through those four. It was a miserable place to be. I would argue that that was one of my tougher periods in my life from a mental health perspective. It was incredibly hard. Yeah. But going into quiet quitting, you know, from your perspective, we're seeing this. You and I talked on the 
pre-call about Gallup's state of the workforce report, 59% of people are quiet quitting. And this is global. Why do you think so many people are quiet quitting? Is it because they're not hitting those four? Why do you think they're where we are where we are? I think they don't hit those four. And then we can blame it on the employer and on leadership. They have a big influence on quiet quitting. But I like to look at you as a person as well. Um, what I see and what I see uh, worldwide that we struggle with core values. Um, we look at companies and we're looking what are their core values. And I love to call them non-negotiables. My good friend Sam Silverstein, NSA member, uh, is always talking about non-negotiable. That's those gut feelings that are part of your decision-making. So you have that feeling, this is right for me. And what I see that a lot of human beings has lost that connection with their core feelings, that with their core values. So if you start working for an organization and you see their core values, and you're not aligned to them, then it will go wrong. So, of course, 81% of the employees leave the company because of lack of leadership or the wrong kind of leadership. And then I think, but what did you do? What is your responsibility? And most of the time is that they have no idea what the core values are. They go into a job love to earn the money and after four or five years like you say you finally see mm, what's going on here this is not me this is not who i am well let's find your core values and then see whether you fit in or not and if you don't make a deal with your employer and just go somewhere else there is enough to do in the world so i don't like people to become a victim you, you need to stand up for yourself and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what you offer me. I don't see the connection anymore. And if you talk with people who are experts in customer experience and customer service, they will understand that if the employee is not in a good position, they can't deliver the customer service. So that's why we call it now customer experience and employee experience. And I think it should start with the employee experience. Do they have the right core values? Do they fit in? Do they get energy from the work they're doing? If so, they're engaged. Right. What is, you know, knowing that, I I love that you brought up the employee perspective because as someone that has been there, I agree with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was hard to make a career change. It was hard to make an entire industry change. That's what I ended up doing. But you are ultimately responsible for your happiness Absolutely. and your like, and how you experience life. And if work, the place that we spend almost a third of our life at, if not more, because we're putting in long hours, yeah. that is the place that is so incredibly taxing. You do not have to stay. But there is a point that you have to realize it is your responsibility to take care of yourself and find the next opportunity, even though it's hard. Yeah, and I I must add that there will be a lot of listeners who say, yeah, it's easy talking because I have a family to run as well. And I find job at 30 minutes, 15 minutes, and that helps me to be back home in time for the kids. 
yeah, you're totally right. But still, like you say, you have a responsibility to those kids and that family as well. Because if you lose your energy on your work, you don't have enough energy to fulfill that role as well. So then it goes down and then your mental well-being is at stake. And I, I think that's scary that if I had the discussion with people in healthcare or education especially, that they say, yeah, but this is the only role I can do because it's just opposite of my house or whatever. And they, yeah, but still you have a responsibility to your family and to yourself to take care of yourself. So it may take six months longer, a year longer to change, but you sh should start working on that change. Yeah, absolutely. And if, for those that really feel that you can't change it, then choose the mindset that will still protect you and preserve you. Yeah. Whether it's, I can handle this, I'm doing this for my family and I can find the bright side. Yeah. Now, shifting back into the employer perspective, why do you think employers really need to care today about engagement? Because quiet quitting obviously <laughs> has impacts, but let's talk a little bit about that before we dive into the seven keys of engagement. Yeah. Well, I, I think that employers are too much uh, working on control to check the boxes, to see if you perform what is needed. And you and I are professionals. And I think a lot of people, including people working at restaurants, uh, cleaning uh, offices, are professionals in their jobs. Yes. And what we need to do is not take control over them, but support them. It's a new role, it's, it's facilitating leadership, and that's different from management. Management is top-down. I'm telling you what to do, and you should listen to me. And now the leader is asking, hey, you're, you're the professional. How can I support you? If you make that change as an employer to service your employees, then the seven keys will fall in place. So it's a different mindset for a lot of managers. Instead of checking top down, it will be more horizontal and it will be supporting and pushing people into the right direction. It's amazing what that question, how can I support you does. I've worked at a few different employers throughout my career. And when I landed at Crosscom, their leadership development organization. So, right, we should have that down as, as doing that. But my, my leader there was one of the best that I will say that has given me that full, I support you. And yeah. wow, I think I was really uncomfortable with it the first time she said it because I wasn't used to it. I was like, what's the catch? What do you mean? What's the catch? Are you trying to get me to do something? But that the trust that I have, the amount that I will work to commit to the cause of things being better, all driven out of feeling fully supported is it's it's just invaluable to me. Like I I'm so grateful. But I hope that more people, maybe as a result of listening to your messages today, we're going to dive into the seven keys. I hope that you can see, maybe you can replicate and create that experience because people do want to do well for you. They yeah. want to feel meaning. Hi everyone, it's Jen. And I'm just coming to you because we need your help. 
Presscom International, the organization that hosts the Leadership Habit podcast that I proudly work for, is looking to expand their network of people that are committed to creating more ethical, engaging, and human leaders. Now, how is that relevant to you? Well, we're looking for referrals. Do you know someone that is interested in giving back and being an entrepreneur and owning their own business? Or that wants to make a difference and is passionate about leadership development? Well, I'm excited to share with you that Crestcom has just launched a referral program. If you know someone, maybe it's a past mentor or a boss that's interested in making a career change and wanting to leverage the knowledge and their experience in the classroom, send them our way. We have this new program and here's the scoop. We've designed an easy to use referral form available on crestcom.com forward slash referrals. And you can visit the site submit your referrals, and access all of the rules along with required terms and conditions. Here's the sweet spot of this. If you refer a successful candidate, we'll give you $2,500. Now we want to expand and make our mission even greater, but we can't do that without your help. So if you know someone that would be interested in becoming a franchisee for an amazing leadership development organization that wants to get into the classroom and make a difference, head on over to crestcom.com forward slash referrals today and help us impact your workplaces and the leaders that you work with. Here's the only caveat. Please note that this program is currently open to applicants based in the United States only. So let's dive in, Paul. What are the seven keys of engagement? Yeah. Well, it, I, I found them researching Gallup, but also Harvard research and from Oxford Economics that overall there are 16 items that will have a positive or less negative result if people are from non-engaged, be engaged. I picked the seven most important because one of them is sick leave. A lot of people call in sick because they are unhappy or they have problems at home. They have financial situations they can't handle and then they can't work. So they call in sick. In the Netherlands, you get two years, first 100% of your income, second year 70% of your income when you're ill. And I see your eyes. <laughs> I've never, wow. And I, I have, wow, that, that's incredible. And it's an amazing system. Do you know why? Because I'm still responsible for you as an employee, as being your manager. So in the days that we have had enough employees, it sounded too much like, wow. Now, when there is a shortage of employees and you have an illness, you can't work, I'm still there to protect you and to help you out. So if you have mental issues, whatever kind, I will send in a coach or a psychologist because it's cheaper to serve you than to let you stay at home because I can't find any replacement. Right. That's the big issue. So taking care of your employees, asking the question, are you okay? And you can write it in four letters, are you okay? That question becomes so important because sick leave, we researched in, in Western Europe, 80% has no medical reason. It gives medical complaints, mental complaints. What we see if people are engaged, sick leave goes down with 81%. Gallup research, May 2023. 
So you see a lot of people who have that last option to call in sick could stay at work and be productive if they are supported by their leadership and are engaged. So, and, and you were talking about quiet quit as well. You, you saw the great resignation during Corona because a lot of people finally could work from home or hybrid and thought, this is totally different than I experienced before. I would love to do something else. Well, you can have attrition go down by 43%. So more people will stay within your organization instead of leaving if they are engaged. So if they had that feeling that you described, that somebody is supporting you, trusting you, giving you respect, asking you the right questions, then you get energy out of it and you want to stay. You're not going to leave or you're ready for the next step. And even for the next step, your manager, your leader should support you going into the next step. So, and you know, if, if you are leaving your organization and they have to find somebody else, it will cost them a year's salary before they can replace you. So it's wise to look at attrition and retention in this way and see how can we stimulate you to be more engaged because it will save them a yearly income. And that's a lot of money in, in Europe, 40, 45,000 euros, so 50,000 US dollars. It's Absolutely. a lot of money to save just being polite right. to your colleagues. Just caring. I'm curious, and I know we can't spend a lot of time on this, but you know, you're seeing, I'm seeing everywhere in the news, we know a lot of companies are doing the return to work. Amazon just came out with, they're giving their leaders permission to fire people that don't come into the office. I don't know if it's three days a week or two days, I don't remember. What's your take on the forced return to work as it relates to engagement? Well, if it's in a hybrid version, um, I, I think you should look at each and every individual. Don't say to the whole staff, you need to be in the office for four days or three days. Because engagement will go down if you make it a general ruling to everybody. Again, you should start asking, are you okay with this situation? How can I help you? What we see if there is a connection between the leader and the hybrid worker, productivity goes up with 20%. So it's not about being in the office. It's about finding the connection of the both sides. Of course, you need to be at work. Otherwise, there is no connection. The belonging is going. So the B of the four letters will be leaving. So there needs to be connection. There needs to be a coffee break. There needs to be an inspiring session at work. But ask the employee, what would suit you best? How does it fit in for you? And for some of them, it's two days. For another, it's four days. I know people who love to be in the office, to be away from home. Well, let them. Um, so don't force people. I, I don't like it when we start forcing. And I'm a lawyer. I know the rules. <laughs> Most of the time, it's not working for every individual. And it's just asking that question, what would fit you? And if they say, well, I want to be work from home the whole time, you can say, nah, 
that's not working for us. We want you at the office at several hours. I know a big IT company in the Netherlands. They say you can only come to the office if you need inspiration. I love you're not working at the office. You're there to find inspiration and motivation. You talk to colleagues. You drink a cup of coffee with your leader. You have chats. You create more energy. Then you go home and work. So you work from home. You're in the office to get inspired. And it works for them. They are the number one in the Netherlands now. Love that. But, uh, you know, I I think even as you were sharing, I, I love that. Come here for inspiration and motivation. It sounds like going back to your ten, like the four tenets competencies. Do the leaders understand how to actually lead in a hybrid world? I mean, that's that's still kind of that question that's coming up. Let's yeah. dive back into the seven keys. So yeah. the first being sick leave. What's number two? Number two is attrition. Uh, number three is well-being. Uh, the individual well-being goes up with more than 60%. So if you can do hybrid work, if you get respect, if you get support, your individual well-being will rise with more than 60%. And that's amazing when we see that lack of well-being worldwide. So I think a lot of leaders should have a look at how am I supporting my people and what is it doing with their well-being. The next one connected is productivity. Productivity goes up with average 14%, but in most countries more than 20%. That's working six days in the time of five days. 20% is one day extra in the same time with the same amount of money. So for the company, it gives more profitability. So leaders should think that way as well. It's not, oh, I'm just friendly, I'm just kind. No, there is a side that you need to take care of the organization as well. And that's productivity going up. Another one is customer loyalty. You have expert on that as well in your podcast. It increases with more than 10 to 15%. So the customers feel that employees are engaged. And because they have the connection with that professional, their loyalty rises as well. I had a talk with a a business card organization this morning. They found out there was some fraud on my card. And I had a nice conversation with that lady. And she said, well, Paul, you're a member of our organization for more than 20 years. Wow, that's amazing. And then you feel that engagement with that employee. And my customer loyalty went up immediately because I talk to them once or twice a year. This is the positive effect of an engaged employee who has a nice conversation with you, makes time. They're not pressed into two minutes maximum talk with you. They create time and customer loyalty goes up. Very important sales go up with more than 20%. It's nice for a company as well. And the number of mistakes go down with more than 60%. And when you're a customer in a hospital and you're lying in an ICU, you hope that they don't make any mistakes. Well, this uh, engaged people make much more mistakes. And mistakes cost a lot of money, if not lives. So 
These are the seven keys. If you look at it, you see um, it is of benefit of organizations if they work on engagement. It's not only about the employee. The results are much better for organizations as well. So invest in human beings. In, and I, I keep saying human beings because I hate the word human resource. Sure. It, it's a negative word. I can replace you with anyone outside. You're just one of the tables, the chairs, the computers. I can replace you. We should talk about human beings. That's what it's all about. So if we invest in human beings, then we can ask them to work on their engagement and then profitability will go up. And that's what we are here to discuss. This is why organizations exist, to have a better profitability. But it starts with supporting the employee. If you were a leader listening to this and you heard the seven Ps, it can feel like a lot of, of different areas to focus on. Where would you have them start first in terms of investing in the human being? What are some small actions they could take this week to be able to start that journey forward? Well, we, we call it the traffic light method. You will have people who are red, who are fully disengaged. Um, I would say hardly, in a harsh way, get rid of them. It's about 10, 15%. They don't like it, they show it. They're not quiet quitters, they are loud quitters. So they are complaining the whole time. Well, it's time to have a discussion with them. It is better for you and for us if you leave. How can I support you in finding a new job? Don't just fire them because you want them as ambassador on the outside. Do it in a nice way. You have orange. The question is, are you okay? How can I support you? It's starting to ask questions. Instead of telling people what to do, ask them as a leader, how can I support you? And I love the story that I heard that a leader went outside with his employees if he had to do a tough conversation. And they said, let's drink a coffee somewhere in the neighborhood. And then they walked outside and he's standing opposite looking in each other's eyes, they were walking side by side. And then the leader asked, are you okay? And the employee started talking. Because you don't have to look in someone's eyes if you ask that question. So don't make it a high level conversation. Keep it simple. Just say, let's have a coffee. Let's have a chat. How are you doing? That's the first step. You can do it tomorrow. Right. We don't need to change the organization. We need to develop the organization. So if you want culture change, well, you need to start asking questions. It doesn't cost you any money. It will give you a lot of information. And we hope that you inspire and motivate people that they will be more engaged. Right. And it's free. Right. If that question alone shows that you care. And that is so meaningful, especially if you are going through something or you feel incompetent at your job or you have something going on outside of work. Knowing that someone cares and wants to be a part of a solution, and you know, they can't solve it for you, but if it's feeling incompetent, 
maybe I can get you training, you know, but you don't know if you don't know. And I, I just love that. How, like, how can I help you? How are you doing? Those are such vital questions. And we, I think a lot of managers weren't taught to ask that kind of questions. So no. we call it appreciative <laughs> inquiry that you have to be open in your question, but you need to be open in getting that information. And I think that's the difficult part. Mm-hmm. You ask a simple question and you get an answer. You think, oh, my goodness, how am I going to make a next step? Well, say it. Just be honest and say, whoa, this is happy stuff. Is it okay if we have an, another conversation about this? Because I would love to think about it and see how I can support you. Then you don't need to solve it in those two or three minutes. Right. Because that's the difficult part. So then you go to your HR, your human being department, and you say, I have somebody who is having this kind of problem. Do we know of a program how we can support that person? Because I want to go back to them and help them out. It's that easy. Yes. And I love that. Don't it's- solution it. Don't solution it right away. Because that is, I think, the scary part is that they ask the question, they think they have to have the immediate solution. You can't. There is too much uncertainty or ambiguity of what that is going to be. And you shouldn't. Because if you overpromise something, you're breaking trust with them. Absolutely. Um, Paul, any final comments that you would like to share with our audience before we are, as we are wrapping up, what would be some final advice or any final insights you would like to share? Well, what I love to see is that all organizations look at their core values, their non-negotiables, and see how they fit in the mission and vision of the organization. Because if I come work for your organization and I don't have the feeling that there is alignment between core values, mission, and vision, it's no good. So. Just make a step back and say, hmm, what are our core values? Are they on the homepage of our company or are they somewhere hidden and we don't have a clue what our core values are? Because if you don't work from your core value as a leader, people are not going to trust you. Right. So make that step back, take a deep breath, look at your core values and those of the company. And that's the first step. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Paul, I've really enjoyed our conversation. You've shared so many insights, so much great data too, to back up why we really do need to take a different approach to engagement. There's so many benefits. How can our audience get in touch with you to continue this conversation? Well, two ways. Go to LinkedIn. Type in my name, Paul Terwall, and, and you will find me and go to the website, paultewall.com. Perfect. That's nice and, and easy. On that website, we have a free, totally free engagement benchmark tool with 16 questions that you as a leader ask yourself, how is my team performing? If you answer those questions, you will get a free report and we're not going to track you down and hunt you you just get an insight of what's the um, autonomy, belonging, competencies, purpose is all about. Yes, I love that. Perfect. Autonomy, belonging, competencies, purpose. 
that was that's powerful as a starting point too. Paul, you've you've shared so much knowledge to grab onto. I just genuinely want to say thank you for giving us your time. Thank you for giving us your attention and expertise on this subject. It was a great conversation and you added a lot of value. So thank you so much for coming on The Leadership Habit. Thank you, Jen, that you invited me and I love to serve. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Leadership Habit Podcast. I hope you stayed on to the end because Paul gave us so many insights. Connect with Paul, paulterwald.com. Get to know him. Employee engagement is incredibly important. And part of that conversation really does come down to how well you are developing your leaders. Crescom.com or Crescom International, that is our goal. The challenges of today continuously are getting bigger in the face of uncertainty and disruption and all the ambiguity that exists in our workplaces. We need to make sure that leaders have the tools to be successful. Head on over to Crescom.com. There you can learn more about how we can support you in developing your workforce. You can also request a complimentary leadership skills workshop where we can work with your team to help them all work better together. And in closing, if you know someone that might be struggling, maybe it's a friend that's a leader of a team, maybe it's someone that is just curious, they're an emerging leader, or maybe it's someone that's like, we've got an engagement crisis, share this episode with them. And of course, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time, thanks for coming in.